Welcome to the Dr. Francis Miles podcast. Dr. Miles will share prophetic words, insights, and revelation about some of the toughest topics in the Bible. Dr. Miles also has a healing ministry, birthed out of his own powerful encounter with Jesus Christ, and has seen many set free through his crusades and meetings. Tune into today's episode and be blessed by a fresh take from this anointed minister of the gospel. I want to talk to you about understanding the agape love of God. Understanding the agape love of God. Even though love is the currency of the kingdom, uh, there's nothing people misunderstand more than the love of God. They don't know the height, the depth, the breadth of the love of God. And how far God is willing to go in order to love you, you and me. And the kind of love he wants to process through us to others. You know, in the Greek language, there is different uh, man, uh, uh, expressions for the word love. You know, there is the phileo, which is uh, friendly love. This is the, the love between friends. And then there is um, eros, which is where we get the word erotica, which is the sexual love, love that is, that is sexually driven. You know, love that is sexually driven. And then we got the agape. Agape is absolutely where God is at. Okay? Because the thing about phileo, I can change how I feel about you. Okay? Because phileo is about how I feel about you. Okay? And I extend my love for you because maybe you, feel, you make me feel good. Okay? Erotic is based upon nothing but chemistry. You know, it is nothing but raw sexual energy. When the energy dissipates, the love goes with it. But agape is a different type of love. So when the Bible talks about the love of God, it doesn't deal in the realm of phileo or eros. It deals in the realm of agape. Agape is the unconditional love of God. It is that love that God expects, expects us to emulate. Yes, God expects you and I to emulate or at least to emulate the love of God, the agape love of God. But in order to emulate it, you have to understand it. But also, you need to be aware of the gravity of love as a currency within the kingdom of God. Otherwise, you're going to begin to think that you have got an option to the work of love. Every believer has to work it out. Okay, the believer work of love. It's very, very important. Okay, and so I'm going to go into this to be able to help you understand it. So 1 Corinthians 13 is where we're going to be for the next two Sunday services today. Uh, and next Sunday, we are, we're going to be dealing with this understanding, the agape love of God. Because God wants to ag agape you like never before. In Christ, God agaped you, you know, and you don't fully appreciate it because you don't understand what agape means. All the intricacies of agape, we are going to be getting right into that so that your life can be changed concerning the love of the living God. Hallelujah. So the Bible says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging symbol. This is serious. That even though I speak with the tongues of men of angels, that would be amazing already by itself, that, le that level of linguistics. But I have not love, I have become a sounding brass or clanging symbol. And though I have the gift of prophecy, now we live in a world 
where Christians have elevated prophecy to almost an idolatrous st status, where we want a prophecy every time, even though we did not do nothing with the last prophecy we received. But there is a lot of passion in the body of Christ, and understand, uh, understandably so, around the issue of prophecy. Who doesn't want to get a word from the Lord? But it says, if I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries, this is huge. For those of us who are leveletas like myself, this is, this is a warning to all of us. I understand all mysteries. Mysteries are deep truths of the kingdom of God. And all knowledge, in other words, I have all knowledge, that means, now knowledge is very broad. That means the knowledge of all the sciences, uh, quantum physics, aerodynamics, I mean, technology, what, what, you name it. If it's, not, if it's a body of knowledge, it says, even if I understood it all, I was better than Albert Einstein in my understanding of the theory of relativity. If I don't have love, I am nothing. I am nothing, he says. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burnt, but I have not loved, it promised me that. That is really shocking. Offering your body, so you're telling me it's possible to offer your body without love being involved? Yes. Otherwise, God will not say it. You see, there are people who would do it in order to get accolades from men, not because they love the people they are representing, but they love the accolades they're getting from men. So he says, though I give my body to be burned, but I don't have love, it profits me nothing. This is serious, people, that we have to understand the agape love of God. We have to understand what love is, is he talking about? You know, because this is incredible, because I'm showing you, in the world we live in, if somebody gave you all their earthly goods, you say, man, they love me. You know, because they gave me all their cars, they gave me everything else. But God says it's very possible for people to give you money and not really love you. Not love you, at least not love you the way God intended for you to be loved. So, the, the, what I'm thankful about this passage of scripture is God does not leave us gazing. He goes into the nitty gritty of teaching us what agape love is. He wants us to define the love that he expects of us to emulate and believe him for. See, friends, we are, we are not born again to have natural love. We are born again to be able to demonstrate supernatural, spiritual love of God so the world around us can know we are truly his disciples because there's no way human beings can love like that without a supernatural intervention of God. So here, here he begins to define agape. He begins to give us a powerful definition of, of agape. He says, love suffers long. Now let me, just end, let me just take my time on those two words. There are two words that each change, each have a bearing on the word love. Love suffers. I mean, that's, when I first saw that, I stopped. And the Holy Ghost said, did you say that? I said, oh, God, I say it. He says, love suffers. Just end there. Before you, anything else, what does that mean? Love suffers. He says, true love suffers. What do you mean? Well, you know, in other words, it's impossible for you. Let's just take a child. It's impossible for you to love your child without suffering some things. What do I mean? You know, to be able to love your child from being a, 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 a baby to 18 years, 
there's going to be a lot of suffering in between that comes from you having to deal with them growing up. And sometimes they'll do stupid stuff. And I can't believe you did that. And you still have to love them through it. Okay? In other words, love has the capacity to suffer the, the growing pains of the people or who are the objects of your love. I remember my mother one time telling me, Francis, there was a time, uh, you know, uh, 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 I would have wringed your neck. I said, boy, you were such a tomboy. You really gave me so much problems. I, I mean, she said to me, there was a time I was like Dennis the Menace, you know, and she would laugh. She said, I never thought there would come a day where Francis of all my children will become a man of God. I mean, he said, it is the most comical thing when I see you up there. I mean, the way God has just shaped you, honed you in. You are the most difficult child I had raising of all your brothers. You are so, so difficult to raise. Imagine what my mother was telling me. I loved you through it. I suffered that stage of your life so that today you're able to become an apostle, you know, who behaves well, loves the Lord, gets in the word. But the truth of the matter is things were not always this way with you. You were a difficult child growing up. You, was, you, were, you were into everything. It was difficult. But I suffered. I suffered that season of your life. You see, this is the problem with many of us. We want to love people, but we don't want to suffer anything in our loving. But the truth of the matter is, Jesus, in loving us, suffered on the cross. Love put him on the cross. His love, for God so loved the world that he gave. Okay, love put him on the cross. The devil didn't put Jesus on the cross. Love put him there. So true agape love of God has the capacity to suffer in the immediate in order to secure the future. I pray to God that we would know how to love people beyond the pain they are causing us now before they are fully delivered or healed from the trauma that causes them to snap at people. The truth of the matter is Love suffers. And then he adds another word to it. Not only does love suffer, not, not, not only does love suffer or agape love suffer, it suffers long. Uh, it's one thing to suffer for one day, but, that, but, but the agape love of God can suffer years. I mean, do, think about how, how long it took God to get Moses to say yes. We think about, oh, Moses was a great man of God, but it took God 40 years from the time he reigned into exile. It took 40 years later for God to be able to get him to a place where he could arrest him for the kingdom. 40 more years and God kept waiting on Moses to become the deliverer of his people in Israel. At 80, finally says yes. My point is this. God suffered. God's agape love suffered Moses 40 years of becoming. He suffered those years when Moses... Uh, 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 could not figure out who he was until finally he came to a place where God could actually meet with him and actually give him a call that he could obey. Love suffers. In marriage, I wanted to understand that. If you can just realize that, those who are, who are married, love suffers. You know, I love my wife, but she has had to suffer some, some cultural differences between us. I've had to suffer some cultural differences between us. Okay, I don't always, I don't always get my way. She doesn't always get her way. We suffer having to let go of some things because of the love we have for each other. That love suffers. Love, the agape love of God has the ability to suffer. My problem is we are living in a world today where God's people don't want to suffer anything. So when, it, when a climate like that, the number one thing that's going to suffer the most is the agape love of God. Love suffers long, and then the Bible says it's kind. 
Boy, can we use a mighty dose of kindness in the world we are living today. Boy, America desperately needs a move of the Holy Ghost in kindness, just being kind to each other. Okay? It does not matter what side of the political divide you are on. Kindness is what God expects out of you, especially if you're a child of God. Because as a child of God, you are a conduit. God designed you to be a conduit for the agape love of God. Kindness. Kindness. It says love is kind. It is kind and does not envy. So the agape love of God, not only is it kind, you know, that means it's gentle, you know, it's, it's not harsh, you know. But also the Bible tells us it does not envy. Love does not envy. In other words, the agape love of God who never leads you in a place where you begin to envy what God has given somebody else. Why? Because you see, envy is the envy is your is your silent protest to God that what you, he gave somebody else was a mistake. Because that should have belonged to you. That's what envy says. It says to God, what you gave my brother, what you gave my sister, you made a mistake. That should be me right about now. Okay, that, that, in other words, it means that you are, say, you are saying to God that the life of that individual that he has blessed is not as precious or more as important as yours. That already disqualifies you for agape because agape is going to be kind and agape is not going to envy. We're living in a world of envy because many people, even in the church, are not walking in the agape love of God. How I pray that you will discover the agape love of God. I'm telling you, uh, uh, in South Africa, uh, when I experienced the agape love of God in a prophetic experience that changed my life, I'm telling you, I couldn't hold it. I could not hold it. I said to the Lord, when it was over, I said, God, is this how you feel about me? Is this how you love people? God said, exactly. And you only experienced it for a few seconds and you couldn't stand it. It was so, I'm telling you, it was liquid love. Liquid, 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 liquid love. It went through me. It gave me love for, for people in a way I never thought was even possible. That is what God is talking about. The agape love of God does not envy. And it says it does not parade itself. It does not parade. In other words, parade itself, it, in, parade itself it, in other words, it doesn't hassle its way to the front so everybody can see me at the expense of everybody else. That is not agape. That's not agape. Okay? It does not parade itself. It does not act unseemingly. That is the agape love of God. So when I see somebody who's acting like a jerk, I already know they don't understand the agape love of God. I've, not, I've at least not experienced it. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. The word puffed up simply means lifted up in pride. Okay? Lifted up in pride. And I know people, man, they work like that. They work like this because they are so prideful. Everything is about them. You know, when they walk in a room, there's no air left for everybody else. But the agape love of God was different. Jesus walked in the agape love of God. It is no wonder the Bible calls him the friend of sinners. Because sinners can save love when they see the real deal. Because in the world there is a famine of true love. There is a famine of true love. So you can imagine what happened to the world when they saw liquid love. The oozing, loving, 
are now directed, don't care about itself, but the next person love that was coming through Jesus. It was intoxicating. It's no wonder he became a friend of sinners. I would believe that if most, mem- of, if most believers walked in the agape love of God, I believe some of the heathens or people who are not born again in your family who would be transformed and delivered. I don't know any human being who is resistant to love. They might act like it, but in generally, every human being was designed to be loved. That's why we respond to people that love us. We respond because we're designed to be loved, to be appreciated, to be celebrated. But it's difficult for somebody who's puffed up to celebrate anybody else. It's difficult for someone who's puffed up to care about the feelings of others. So the agape love of God is not puffed up because in a puffed up stage, of, or you cannot be sensitive about how your behavior is affecting those around you. But I'm telling you when you have got that agape, supernatural love of God coursing through your veins, sense, it's contagious. It's attractive to people. Because people are looking for love. They are so looking for love, sometimes they look for it in the wrong places. May God allow us to demonstrate that supernatural agape love of God. He says, he says this agape love does not behave rudely. Man, I've seen some people, they're rude. You know, people ask a simple question, they snap at them. Hey, what, you know, can't you see? Am I a dictionary? No, I'm just asking a question. I didn't say you were a dictionary. They are rude. That kind of rudeness is a symptomatic that they are not working in the agape love of God. Because the agape love of God is, does, not, does not behave rudely. That means Jesus Christ, even when he was rebuking the Pharisees, he did not do it from a place of rudeness. He did it from a place of truth. He knew that they were, they were wasting their time trying to impress a God who cannot be impressed because he knows everything about them. Instead of humbling themselves before the mighty hand of God, they were trying to act like they are all of this and a bag of chips when you know they, are, they, they, were, they were like tombs full of, empty, of, of, of the bones of dead men. And so he had to tell them, but it didn't come from a place of rudeness. It came from a place of truth. But the agape love of God does not behave itself rudely, even though we are living in a culture that is pervasively rude. I mean, we are so rude to each other, it's not even funny. But I would really believe that God is going to use the church. That's why I just said, when people see us love one another, then they will know that we belong to the Lord. I believe there's coming a great revival in the area of the body of Christ walking in the agape love of God. I believe that is coming a revival of the love of God in the church. That is coming a supernatural revival of the love of Almighty God. And when you walk in a church building, you say, what is this? It's the love of God. It's a liquid love of God where you know that you know, not, am, not only am I loved by God, an invisible God I do not see, but I can even feel him loving me through the people in the church that I can see. I will believe that that revival 
of agape, the revival of the love of God is coming. And I want us here at Francis Mouth Church Online to be among the first recipients of this divine love of God that is being released in the earth today in Jesus' mighty name. I pray to you today that the love of God will so come upon you that any hatred, any anger you have against anybody will simply be washed away by the liquid love of God coursing through your veins. Hallelujah. And I'll forget in South Africa, you know, when I got very embittered, I got very embittered against white people because of some things that I went through in South Africa that was just coming out of the apartheid uh, era of its, uh, of its history. And so the residue of that was very strong. I went to a, a predominantly white Bible college and some of the things I experienced at the Bible college at the hands of my brothers really got to me. Now, uh, granted, they, were, they, 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 did not, they did not mean it by malice, but many of them grew up in a, pre, in a prejudiced environment and unconsciously those biases would be made manifested. And it affected me to the point where I got so angry, so mad, I, be, I picked up a very bad attitude towards white people. Well, God intercepted that situation in a very interesting story, a story that I want to tell you about. A friend of mine was a white brother, calls me and he said, hey, Francis, there's a conference happening in Johannesburg. I want you to be the speaker. They wanted me to be the speaker, but I told them we need the black speaker, so you are coming to speak. So I'm thinking, my God, this must be my God's way of, uh, you know, anointing me because I'm talking to white pastors. I'm, I'm just going to go there and rebuke them so they can go and rebuke their members, blah, blah, blah. I did not have a great attitude towards that conference. Well, on our way there, my brother decided to stop at a beautiful hotel in the middle of a game ranch. He said, Dr. Miles, I want to treat you, but we're going to go through this five-star hotel in the middle of a game park surrounded by every wild animal you can think of except the ones that can eat you. But everything else was there. It was beautiful. Well, we got uh, this hotel was in the middle of the game park, and around it, there are chalets. I was chalets. So you can either be in the hotel or rent the chalets. We rented one of the chalets. It was a beautiful one. Well, around six in the evening, I felt an anxious from the Lord to go in the bush and begin to pray. So where I walked in the bush, and I stood on a rock, and I stood on this rock, and I'm praying in tongues. When I finally became aware that I was being watched, uh, when, I, when I looked, when I opened my eyes, it was a white couple. Uh, apparently, the stone where I was standing on and praying was on their way to their chalet. They were coming back from having a nice dinner, winding back, and what do they find? God is such a comical God, such a sense of humor. They find a black man praying in tongues, in the bush. I'm telling you, it was very comical. And so they stop, and I'm thinking, okay, they're just going to pass me by. I mean, 60 awkward seconds go by. They do not move a pinch. I'm thinking, oh my God, what are they doing? They don't, I mean, I'm, I've stopped praying. They need to pass by. And I heard the voice of the Lord. I said, and the Lord said to me, Francis, they are not going to go anywhere. I said, why? He said, because they are stuck right there by my power. I said, for what reason? To what end? He said, because you are going to minister to that woman. I said, me, man, I had such a bad attitude towards, I'm like, no, God, don't do that. I don't, I don't want to minister to them. That's why I thought, God, I don't want to minister to them. He said to me, yes, you're going to minister to them. It, then immediately, what I'm arguing with God, he gives me a clear-cut, open vision. I didn't deserve one. Till I was, my attitude was crappy. I didn't deserve a vision, but God gave it to me anyway. And I see this woman and the husband coming out of the doctor's office. She is weeping and the doc, weeping, and the Lord said to me, she just came out of the doctor's office. They told her she would never be able to get to have a baby. 
She has always wanted to be a mother except that they were chose. So this week, that will never happen. Their husband has brought her here to comfort her because this was a big dream for her. But if you prophesy, I will give her a baby boy supernaturally. And then I had a vision of the baby. And God said to me, would you prophesy? Man, I was, I had such a bad attitude. I, thought, I, thought, I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to do it. I prophesied. The whole time I'm prophesying, I'm hoping they won't receive it. So I can prove, I can prove God a point. And sure enough, in the, when, I, when I told the husband, uh, 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 when I released the word of the Lord and, uh, to, this, to this couple, and I said, can I pray for you now? The husband said, no, 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 you can't pray for us. So the husband moves away from me, drags his wife, and that attitude I had against white people rose up in me. And I, said, I said, Lord, you see, these people, they, I mean, they, I mean, I mean they, they, they got a bunch of problems. You know, they, 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 you, you see, I prophesied. Look at how they reacted. He just moves on. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm having this kind of pity party with the Lord. Well, the Lord did not even speak to me. He was just quiet. Then I heard the voice, the voice of the man. He called me because I'd introduced myself at Francis. I hear the word, Francis. And the Lord said to me, why are you pouting? It's not over. So I, I walked over to them and I found them by the tree. That he was holding his wife like this and you could see he was embarrassed. Well, later I found that he was a Catholic. So, I mean, he, didn't, he had never even experienced the word of knowledge in his life. So imagine, it's difficult enough for the word of knowledge for those of us who are in the Lord trying to get used to it. But imagine getting a word of knowledge from a stranger in a bush about something you're going through. It can freak anybody out. Anyway, finally, I, I looked at them, and they looked so pitiful. And in that one moment, something happened to me. The liquid agape love of God was released like somebody opened a vial and just released it over my head. As it hits my head, the love of God became so clear in my mind. I could comprehend the depth of the love of God. By the time the love of God came to my heart, glory to God, I was so in love with this white couple that I'd never met before. I love them more than I love my own mother. I said, Lord, what is this? And God said to me, Francis, this is the agape love of God. This is the agape love of God. Friends, I'm telling you, I prayed for that couple like I've never prayed for anybody else. I knew in that moment God was giving that woman the miracle she needed. I could feel the anointing, the glory was everywhere. I could feel God. When it was over, I knelt on my knees and I cried and all the hatred I had was removed by the agape love of God. What am I saying in closing? I'm saying, saints, we are about to be changed. We are about to see entire nations change because of the revival of the agape love of God that is coming to the body of Christ. And I pray to God that this, this message is going to be the beginning for you where you begin to demonstrate the reality of the love of God the way you've never done it before in Jesus' mighty name. Now listen, for those who are watching around the world, you know, and you're not born again, the agape love of God has not, it will not benefit you if you do not receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Because you see, when you are born again, God gives you the receptacles that you need to be able to receive from the love of God. So you need to give your life to the Lord. The goodness is Jesus made it easy for us to give our lives to the Lord. So whatever you are, I want just to pray this prayer of salvation. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to the cross so he could die for me. He was resurrected on the third day so he might re resurrect me to a new life. Lord, I believe in Jesus being your son. 
I believe he died so that I can be free from sin. If you pray that prayer, I can tell you, you are what the Bible calls born again. You are gloriously saved. You've gone from death to life, but most importantly, you can now experience for yourself the agape love of God because now your spirit is awakened back to God so you can actually receive this divine deposit of the agape love of God. May you be overwhelmed by the love of God all the days of your life. Praise God. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can stay up to date with what we're doing at francismiles.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. Thanks for spending your time with us. May God bless you today and always.